Hello and welcome to a new episode of Through a Killer's Mind, a crime podcast where we look into the lives and crimes of a serial killer with mental illnesses and how it caused them to commit their crimes. In today's episode, we are going to talk about the case of Richard Chase, aka the Vampire of Sacramento, who got his name for drinking his victim's blood. Disclaimer, this episode is going to be very graphic and disturbing, so if you are sensitive to that kind of stuff, maybe just skip this one. Richard Chase was always unusual. He was born on May 23, 1950, in Sacramento, California. He was raised in a very strict household and got hit by his father very often. When he was 10, he was recognized for wetting his bed, setting fires, and torturing animals. A few years later, as a teen, he started drinking alcohol and using drugs. He also developed an obsession with mutilating animals. In high school, he had a bunch of girlfriends, but wasn't able to keep a relationship. So, when he was 18, he went to a psychologist to consult us. He was told that he had either repressed anger or mental illness, but Chase didn't look for further help. At the age of 21, he moved out of his parents' house and lived with different roommates. Some of them reported him for his bizarre behavior and drug use. Everyone considered him weird, even the few friends he had. He then moved back to his home with his mother, who was now divorced. He began to accuse her of trying to kill him with poison. His father then purchased an apartment for him and forced him to live there. By this time, he was 5 foot 11, but weighed only 145 pounds, so very underweight. Because of his alcohol and drug abuse, he developed hypochondria, which is an illness anxiety disorder that causes people to get excessively worried that they are or will get seriously ill. This caused him to once go to a hospital claiming that someone there stole his pulmonary artery. He also said that his bones were showing out through the back of his head, that he had his stomach backwards, and that his heart stopped beating sometimes. He also believed that the Nazi UFOs were poisoning his soap and causing his blood to turn into powder. Okay, so now alone, he began to catch, kill, and assemble animals, and then eat them raw. He then took the entrails out of his body and into a blender to make smoothies. He thought that by drinking it, he would prevent his heart from shrinking, which he thought was happening, because he was afraid that if it shrunk too much, it would end up disappearing and causing his death. He also thought that the Nazis and UFOs were causing this. In 1975, he went to a hospital for blood poisoning, which was caused by injecting the blood of a rabbit he killed into his veins. He escaped the hospital and went to his mother's house, but was later arrested and sent to a mental institution for the criminally insane. There, he will tell the staff the need he had to kill animals and was sometimes even found with blood on his mouth, which he claimed was for cutting himself while shaving. However, the staff once found that he captured two birds through the bars of his bedroom windows, beat their heads off and sucked into the blood. And for that reason, patients and staff were afraid of him and referred to him as Dracula. He was diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia with satanic delusions, but they also thought that he might have a drug-induced toxic psychosis. After being treated with psychotropic drugs, he was told that he was no longer a danger and was released just a year later. He was sent to his mother's, which decided that his son didn't need the antipsychophrenic medication that he had been prescribed and weaned him off of them. They put them alone in a new apartment, where he then again captured, tortured, killed, and drink the blood of rabbits, dogs, and cats. 
He sometimes taught his neighbor's pets, and once even called one of them to tell them what he had done. He also started to get interested in firearms and purchased some handguns, which he used to practice obsessively. He also got fascinated by the crimes of the hillside strangler, because he thought that he was also a victim of the Nazi UFOs, just like him. He started to take less and less care of himself, especially his self-hygiene. In 1977, he went to his mother's house with a dead cat and threw it to her face. He then threw it to the ground, tore its stomach open with his bare hands, and put his hands inside, throwing the blood on his face while screaming. She peacefully went inside and closed the door, without reporting the incident. The sponsor of this episode is Biomama. Biomama is a brand that sells natural mineral water straight from the French Alps. If you are interested in supporting the environment, Biomama is a choice for you, because instead of making their bottles with plastic, which can be very contaminating, they make them with glass, which can be reutilized. And if you think that you don't have time to go buy it, you don't have to worry about that because they have the choice to, to deliver it right to your door. On the 3 of August 1977, the police found Chase's car stuck in sand near the Pyramid Lake in Nevada. Inside were two rifles, a pile of men's clothes, and a bucket filled with blood, containing a cow's liver. They found Chase, naked and covered, from head to toe, in blood. He told the officers that it was his own blood and that it had leaked out of his skin and through his flesh, but it was the blood of a cow. On December 29 of the same year, Chase committed his first murder, which apparently was just a warm-up for all the other crimes he had in mind. While helping his wife bring the groceries home from the car, a Bruce Griffin, a 50-year-old man with two sons, got shot by Chase, who was making a drive-by attack, but he was not identified. On January 29th of 1978, he tried to get into the house of a woman, but since the doors were locked and he considered that a sign that he was not welcome, he didn't get in. So remember to lock your doors. He then broke into a house of a married couple, stole valuables, peed on a drawer of their child, and defecated on the child's bed. The couple came home, but he managed to escape. He was still on his journey to enter houses when he came across the home of David and Teresa Wallen. David was at home, but Teresa, three months pregnant, was. She was taking out the trash and left the door open. Chase got in and shot her three times, once in the hand and twice in the head, on aliving her. He then took her body to her bedroom and abused it, while stabbing her continuously with a knife. After that, he opened the corpse and took out some of her internal organs and used a bucket to collect the blood, take it to the bathroom and bathe in it. He then took off her nipple and drank her blood, using a yogurt container as a glass. As if that wasn't enough, he then went outside to the yard, found dog feces, and stuffed it on the corpse's mouth and throat. Two days after his second killing, on January 23, he bought two puppies from a neighbor. He killed them, drank their blood, and then left the bodies on the front law of the previous owner. On January 27, Chase committed his next and final murder. This crime is qualified as a mass killing. He got inside the house of Evelyn Miroth, a 38-year-old woman who was taking care of her six-year-old son, Jason, and her 22-month-old nephew, David. A neighbor, Dan Meredith, was also in the house to check on Evelyn. Evelyn was taken in a bath while Dan took care of the kids. Dan went to the front hallway right when Chase was coming in, so he got shot in the head and killed. Chase then stole his wallet and car keys. Jason, the six-year-old, ran to his mother's room really scared, but he sadly got shot in the head, twice. 
David, the nephew, got shot as well. Jason entered the bathroom and shot Evelyn as well. He took her body to the bed, where he abused it and drank his blood by cutting her in the neck. When he finished that, he stabbed her on the lower back at least half a dozen times, penetrating her uterus. He then stabbed some vital points in the body, causing the blood from her internal organs to go into her abdomen. He then opened her and drained the blood into a bucket, then consumed the blood. He then went back for David's body, took it to the bathroom, opened up the skull and ate some of the brains. Outside of the house, a little girl, who was Jason's friend, knocked on the door. Chase took Dan's guard and got away. The girl reported that to a neighbor, who got in the house, saw the crime scenes and called the police. When the police got there, they found that Chase had left perfect handprints and imprints of his shoes on Evelyn's blood. Chase took little David's corpse to his home, where he chopped off his body and sucked his blood out, in a very disturbing way. He then opened the body and ate some internal organs and prepared some drinks with the rest. Finally, he left the corpse in a close-by church. After the crime, the FBI determined that the killer will be a tall, malnourished, loner, and physically dirty man. They also believed that he will keep killing. A lead that helped him find him was a 20-year-old woman who said that a high school classmate approached her car. She said that his eyes were sunken, very thin, and had blood in his clothes. She also told them that it was Richard Trenson Chase. The police did a background check on him and found out that he lived within a mile of the murder sites. They went to his apartment, but Chase refused to speak to them. They stayed there until he got out and arrested him. After getting into the apartment, they found almost every inch of the house soaked in blood, including the eating utensils. They also found the bloodstained murder gun, a butcher knife, rubber boots, animal collars, three blenders with blood, and some dishes in the refrigerator containing body parts from animals and humans. The refrigerator also had David's brain. He told them that it was because of the dogs he killed, but then they found Dan's Meredith's wallet. They also found a calendar saying today on the dates of the crimes. In 1979, he stood on trial for six counts of first-degree murder. The defense tried to avoid the death penalty by calling it a second-degree murder showing his history of mental illness and the lack of planning on his crimes. On May 8, he was found guilty of the six counts of first-degree murder. He was sentenced to die on the gas chamber. While he was waiting in jail, everyone was afraid of getting close to him or her harming him, but they tried to convince him to kill himself. In some interviews, he talked about how he was afraid of the Nazis and the UFOs, who forced him to kill his victims in order to survive, claiming that the fact that he had killed was not his fault. He asked the interviewer to give him a gun in order to catch the Nazi and UFOs to send them to trial because he thought that they were the ones who deserved to be sentenced, not him. He also thought that the prison officers were helping the Nazi and UFOs kill him. On December 26, 1980, Chase committed suicide by overdosing on antidepressants that he had hidden for weeks. The story of Richard Chase is by far one of the most disturbing and crazy cases that I have read about. It was definitely hard to talk about it, but it's a really good example of how the mind of someone can get them to do insane things. Richard Chase was affected by schizophrenia and hypochondria, which were worsened by alcohol and drugs. He had delusions about the Nazis and UFOs, and, till the day he died, claimed that everything he did was because of them. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope that you found it interesting. See you in the next episode of Triacular's Mind.